Good afternoon, people of God. So today's message is, you must first work your gift. God can't bless the work that doesn't exist. Work heartily, heartily, sorry, as if you're working for the Lord, as for the Lord, in fact, I'm going to say exact, and not men. Work in every area of your life, when you're cleaning, when you're looking after your child, when you're at your nine-to-five job, when you're doing someone a favour. Work includes, even when you're doing your grocery shopping, do it in your heart, in your mind, as for the Lord and not for men. Because in doing so, and in practising this every day, and making it a habit in our lives, this allows for God to use everything, every single aspect of your life, especially the work that you do in your life, for your good, for the good, for the greater purpose in your life. Just as we see many examples in the Bible, we see David, where David was a shepherd and he, his work as a shepherd and the way he did it heartily as for the Lord and not for men, allowed God to now use that to bring him, raise him up in all the skills he acquired and developed for, to become a king. And even all the years it took before he even became a king, God used those years, all the work that he was doing for the Lord and not for men, for the greater good, for the greater purpose in his life. Another um, thing we need to do is commit your work to the Lord. Commit your work to the Lord. Everything you do, especially your gift, as you're working your gift, commit it to the Lord. Committing your works to the Lord looks like submitting and trusting them to him. When you submit your assignment, you transfer your assignment from being in your presence to now being in the presence of the authority, the one that has to approve it, the one who has to acknowledge it, the one who has to um that you're assigning it to the, to the to the authority to allow them to judge it to allow them to give you feedback and to effectively help you improve um and to also give that yeah to give good good or bad feedback and this is how it works with the lord that when you submit your works to the lord when you are giving your assignment to the lord your works to the lord the lord will give you feedback he will judge it also he will also approve it. He will also help you to improve on that work. And you have to trust him to allow your plans and your work to succeed. The Lord will allow your plans to succeed if you trust him and you submit your works to him. You trust him with your works and you submit your works to him. If, but you have to also respond to his will and guidance. And responding to his will and his guidance, the only way you can do this is through his word. The only way you can respond to his will and his guidance is through his word, through, um, sorry, ob- obedience of his word, which I'm going to get into further down. If you're committing your work to money as a God, yourself or your boyfriend or your mum, then you are trusting them to succeed your plans for you for for you and bless it. And it's not guaranteed. And nine times out of ten, I can assure you, trusting in a man and submitting your works onto a man, human, will, will it will not succeed. They cannot bless it. 
it will only be superficial blessings, superficial success, but it will never be the real deal or the real thing if they do succeed it for you or bless it. In fact, you will be cursed for your disobedience because the Lord tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15, that, but it shall come about that if you do not listen to and obey the voice of the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments and his statutes, which he is commanding you today, then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So the God will, in fact, curse you. Curses will come upon you and they will overtake you. If you refuse to be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes and, and listen to his commands that he's giving you today. It also tells us um, further down in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 20 that the Lord will also send upon you curses himself and he will send confusion and rebuke in everything that you undertake to do until you are destroyed, perishing quickly but because of your, the evil of your deeds, because you have turned away from me, turned away from him. The, the, another thing the Lord will do, he will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. The word tells us in verse 25 that you will go out against them one way, but bef but flee before them seven ways, and you will be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth when they see your destruction. But what does it look like when the Lord blesses you? What does it look like when the Lord when you get the benefits of obeying his voice and his commandments? So the Lord tells us in Deuteron Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 to 2, and a little further up, um, that he will, um, being careful to do all of his commandments, which he is commanding you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. You have to commit yourself to God. And this looks like diligently listening to him, obeying his voice. And obeying his voice is obeying his word. Because the only way you're going to hear the voice of the Lord is his word, through reading his word. God didn't provide a second Bible. He didn't provide another um, transcript or another means of hearing him. That is the way you will hear him. And even if you hear from the Holy Spirit and you're someone that's very attentive to the spirit speaking, it will always be what's in his word. So his word is where you're going to find his voice, his answers, his commands, and what he wants us to be obedient to and to diligently listen to. So um, it's a fixed fight. It's a fixed fight and there's a benefit when you obey him, that you will be blessed and your enemies will be defeated. There's no if or buts about it. You will be blessed and your enemies will be defeated. So to obeying, obey his commands and to listen to his commands allows you to be set high above all the nations. It allows you to be blessed and it means that your enemies will always be defeated no matter what. Because weapons may form, your enemies may form and they may come against you, but they will be defeated. It will not prosper. It won't work. So it's good to know that we're in a fixed fight when we are blessed and when we obey his commands and when we listen to him and his word diligently. 
And you have to do this every day. We are told each day and every day we must be in his ways. Everything we do every day, each day, it must be in his ways. Not in our ways, not in the ways that we see on of our friends, not the ways we see on TikTok, not the ways um, we are taught in school, but God's ways. And just like Solomon, we will have wisdom, but be blessed also. And this is what it means to seek first the kingdom. Because the only thing, like I said earlier, is God has given us is his Bible, the word. Sermons isn't what he gave us to seek after. Your mum isn't what he gave you to seek after. Your baby, the money, the job is not what he told you to seek after. He said, first and most importantly, seek first his kingdom in the Amplified Version. Sermons help. They are there to assist. They are there to correct, train and teach. But they are not what we seek first and most importantly. They are not the most important thing and they're not the first thing we're supposed to seek. The only thing that... I'm sorry, I've said that. So even what they preach as well, another thing is that is, is his word. Because it takes us back to the fact that his word will first and foremost always be the, um, the priority and the most important thing for us. The Lord also tells us in Proverbs 16, verse 4 to 5, um, to, no, verse 4 to 20, that he has made everything for his own purpose, even the wicked according to their role for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud and arrogant in, in heart is disgusting and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Be assured he will not go, go unpunished. I'm going to stop there. Because we can be assured that they're not going to go unpunished. That if you choose to be wicked, if you choose to be wicked in um, disobeying, disobeying the Lord, there is consequences for that, dis, um, for that disobedience. Which I told you earlier, which is curses, confusion and rebuke from the Lord and um, perishing very quickly um, because of your evil deeds, because of turning away from him. Um, this confirms what the Lord is saying is true. And we, when a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So what we also know here is another confirmation of the fact that our enemies will not only be defeated, but they will be at peace with us. Oh, this, is, this, is really, this is really gold right here because when our ways pleases the Lord and that's through, he, God is just asking us to do simple things. He's not telling us to do a lot that will cause you to sweat. Just obey his words. Take in his words. Diligently listen to his words. Pay attention to his words and practice his words in our daily life. Even Matthew 6 33 tells us, seek first the kingdom, most importantly, and it tells us another thing, to seek after his righteousness. Seeking after God's righteousness is seeking after the right ways of God, the character of God, and following how God does things, the way that Jesus is things. Seeking after that righteous character. Seeking after what is right. Seeking after the fruits of the Spirit. When we do this, this allows our enemies to even be at peace with us. Because God will make our enemies at peace with us. He will not only make our enemies be defeated, but they will be at peace with us. And if your enemies are at peace with you, just like when we see in like World War One and World War Two, World War Two, the enemies were not only defeated, but they were at peace with each other. And that allowed for the war to end. That allowed for the battle, the ongoing battle to come to a stop. 
for there to be rest. What, who wouldn't want that? Do we want to have a daily fight with the enemy? Do we want to have a, a monthly or a forever fight with the enemy? Forever being defeated? No. God goes on to tell us that better is a little with righteousness and great income gained with injustice. A man's mind plans his ways as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. And I believe that, and I, yeah, I believe that Solomon knew this to be true, that he knew that it was better to have little with righteousness than great income gain with injustice. Solomon could have been like most kings we've seen in the Bible and gain his income with injustice. But he chose little with righteousness. He chose to seek first wisdom. Solomon chose to seek first wisdom and that allowed him to even be blessed. That allowed him to receive wisdom and be blessed and be prosperous. Solomon's ability to discern between right and wrong um, was allowed him to receive more than just wisdom. It allowed him to have every other thing that he needed added onto him. Which means as well, God knows the things that we need. God knows the things that we want. And not just want, but the things that we require in life. And so we don't have to go toiling and fighting and warring and praying warfare prayers for those things and decreeing. We just have to seek first his kingdom. And I remember I read a scripture that said that all scripture is good for training, for rebuke. Not, Not just... Some scripture, not just Psalms, not just Proverbs, all scripture. And so I urge you, just like myself, I'm doing at the moment, to get in the word. I know people say this a lot and it goes over our heads most of the time, but get into the word. Like really just open your Bible and just start somewhere. Just just start somewhere, just open, okay, Genesis. If you want to start from Genesis to the end, that's even perfect. And each day, read a scripture. And don't don't use commentary online. Don't try to understand it. Just read it. And the more you read it, you will even pause and be like, "Mm, I like this verse. Highlight it. Yeah, I'm going to put that down on my notes. And the Holy Spirit will give you revelation on that word. I'm going to speak more on why we need revelation on God's word later on. So I'm going to continue. So a man's mind plans his ways as he journeys through life. So God knows that our mind naturally, journey, as we journey through life, plans our ways. But allow the Lord to direct his steps and establish, sorry, allow the Lord to direct your steps and establish them for you. And allowing the Lord to direct your steps and establishing it looks like, allow, um, just like Solomon, asking God for wisdom. Asking God for wisdom also looks like reading, getting in the the word. It's all going back to the word. Getting in his word. It means praying and listening for his Holy Spirit to, to give you that word. To give you the very word that you need to hear from. That will always be a Bible verse or chapter. We need to, we need to also make... Um, a divine decision given by God is on the lips of the king as his representative. His mouth should not be unfaithful or unjust in judgment. So I'm going to skip over that bit. 
But it says here, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold? And Solomon knew it was better to have wisdom than gold and to get understanding than to be chosen above silver. No, sorry. And he knew it was better to get understanding to be chosen above silver. He who pays attention to the word of God will find good and will be blessed. You will be happy. You'll be prosperous to be admired. But only those who trust confidently in the Lord. So the, I'm going to start, I'm going to continue in another verse, which is Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, Amplified Version. And it tells us here, so the Lord God took the man he had made and settled him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. So the Lord God took the man he had made. So God is, God wants to take you, that you that very woman, you that very man, boy, girl, that he has made and settle you in the very environment, in the very place, in the very purpose, gift, um, areas that could be music, that could be art, that could be counselling, and settle you there to cultivate that gift and to keep it also. And God gave Adam his work to commit to. Just as God is giving us, as his children, our work to commit to. We don't have to go in, look for our work and be like, what is my work? If you don't know what your work is, you've got to go back a few chapters. You've got to get in your word and understand what your work is. And I'm going to tell you how more practically you can do that later on. God gave Adam his work to commit to, just like he's given us our our own work to commit to. Our role isn't to know our work, but it is to remain in that place that God has settled us, to cultivate the gift and to keep the gift. Adam didn't do what he wanted to, but he did God's work. Your work shouldn't be anything other than God's work. Your work isn't your nine to five job. Your work isn't... um, your work isn't for the um work for doing for the the greater benefit of a man or anybody in this world, but your work should be for the glory and greater benefit of God. And if your work doesn't do that, that's not God's work. That's your own work or somebody somebody else's work. God wants you to build your dream. He doesn't want you to build somebody's dream for a nine to five job that they've already created. God wants you to grow the very seed He's deposited in you. And to keep it also. And to maintain it. God planted a garden. He planted a seed in Adam. Just as he planted a gift in you. He planted that ministry. That idea. That gift in you. Before you were even formed. Just as before Adam was formed. God already created that very environment. And that seed in him to grow. And to keep it. Our job isn't to plant the gift. Our job isn't to go and find the gift. I, I re- really wish I could say it the way I hear it. Our job isn't to plant the gift. I, I, our job, I'm trying to look for a good word. We are not trying to um, write goals and uh, like, that's what, our job isn't to like, okay, for example, if, because your, your, jo- your job is not to plant the gift. 
or to search for it or be finding it all, all your life looking for it and trying to plant it and oh I'm going to do it oh I'm going to no your job is to just grow it grow it with the word of God and keep it with the word of God so if your job is to be an artist don't go finding the opportunity to become an artist. Yeah, this is the way I want to say it. Don't go finding the um, the money to buy the pen and paper to become an artist if you don't have it. Don't go finding um, uh, and going and standing outside the, the you know an art museum and looking for an opportunity or for someone to feel sorry for you to plant that gift in you. The gift is already in you. You don't need someone to plant that in you. You don't need to plant it in you. You need to grow it right where you are because God is giving you what you need to grow it. Not what you think in your own mind as a man might plant a man plans his way. It's not what you've planned in your mind, the way you want to grow or somebody has planned for you, but the way God has planned it for you. Use what is in your hand. Now, when people say this, it feels impossible, but it's, believe me, it's not impossible. If you can't find what's in your hand to be to grow what's inside of you and to keep it, then you're going to need to, honey, you're going to need to seek first the kingdom. And you're going to need to seek first the kingdom and you're going to need to seek first righteousness and you're going to find it in seeking first the kingdom. Seeking first the kingdom is, is reading first his word, reading his word. And we have Google today where we can Google how do we keep our gift? How do we do? And the Bible has everything in there that you need. It does not miss a thing. Sometimes we overlook the Bible a lot because we think mm, that's irrelevant. It's just talking about the genealogy of Jesus. Oh, everything is relevant. If you ask the Holy Spirit before you read the word to give you revelation, he will give you revelation as you read the word. That you will even have not enough time to take down all the overwhelming notes and ideas that come into your head. All you, are, all you have to do is serve. You don't have to work and sweat for the gift. It's in you. Nobody can take that seed out of you. You just have to serve and you just have to acquire the skill and develop that skill. To acquire the skill means that the, the skill is already, the skills already within you. You just have to, another um, definition for acquire rather than obtaining is to learn or develop that skill and make it a habit. So you just have to learn how to grow that skill and develop it. Um, and you need to allow that gift that is growing, that you will be growing within you and keeping to adapt your mind, your body, your soul, everything around you. And that looks like sometimes eating healthier. For your body working out losing the weight gaining the healthy weight nourishing that temp the temple of god that he's giving you for your mind that looks like reading the correct books reading the books that align with the word of god that looks like showing up every day and rather than watching the tv switching off the tv silence and listening for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Reading the word, even though it feels boring. Putting a screen time to take off your social media apps for the whole day. That's what it looks like. Adapting your whole life, it will. It will naturally do that if you allow it. If you devote your time to it. If you nourish your seed. If you don't let it die. If you keep it growing by monitoring it often. 
to keep a seed growing i read online is you have to evenly um you have to evenly look after it so you have to evenly water it it needs sun evenly it needs um the fer- fertilizer all the different things evenly and it needs to be monitored most importantly to grow you've got to water your gift you've got to allow god's word to water your gift you you've got to water that gift seeds that don't receive enough water die a seed is the beginning of something and the end of something the beginning and end is in you the beginning of your gift and the end of your gift is in you the beginning of your ministry and the end of it is within you the beginning of your life and the end of your life is within you don't let anybody feel like you need to you need the connections you need the the one opportunity the one time money to win the lottery to get to obtain your gift to find your gift you don't need that if you need that to find your gift that is not a gift from god because it's already in you it's like when a manufacturer creates a product and it's wrapped inside like a little packaging the the gift the the thing even with a present, even naturally with a gift, when you give someone a gift, it's wrapped in a bag, it's wrapped in a gifting, in a, a wrapping. And they just have to take off that wrapping, take off that cover, and inside of it, there's there's a gift. So, And when you're wrapping a gift, you put the gift inside, you wrap it with the body, just as God did with you. Wrap, wrapped inside that body is a spirit, it's a gift in you. Now, the gift isn't quite, it's not a physical thing, it's a spirit. And you are a spirit wrapped in a body. It's in you. And you just got to pull it out from the spirit into the physical realm. I really hope this is making sense. Um, got to pull it out from there into the physical realm. Um, and the only way you can do that is by speaking life into that gift. Is by seeking life for that gift. By seeking water for that gift. And the only living thing we have that can bring something out from the spirit for our good and for the glory of God is the word of God into the physical realm. The Bible even tells us um, as well about how some uh, a man who um, is reading the word and stays in the word is like a tree planted by living water. I really wish I could get the Bible verse to say um, correctly. But I think many of us Bible scholars listening know of this word and if the bible even tells us in preference that if you seek skillful and godly wisdom as you would silver and search for her as you would hidden treasures then you will understand the reverent fear of the lord that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome for the lord god for the lord gives skillful and godly wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding and how do we get that from his mouth? The only way you're going to get it from God's mouth, we can't pull his mouth from heaven to us, is by pulling his word, by taking it quite literally from his mouth, from his word, knowledge and understanding. Because as the Lord gives you skill from godly wisdom, that is how you're going to develop the skill. You That's how you're going to develop skillful and also godly wisdom at the same time to grow that very skill that you have, to grow that very gift that you have. Um, so 
and I'm going to go further to speak on where there is no vision in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, Amplified Version. Where there is no vision, where there's no revelation of God, it tells us, and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. So a lot of times when we hear in Habakkuk 2 verse 2, um, write the vision and, you know, um, write the vision and so that it will be bold and clear to other people that will read it. I'm just paraphrasing. We take it as, okay, yeah, this is, this is what the world says. Write the vision, get your goals, buy a nice fancy notepad. No, the vision that you should have is a revelation of God's word, of a revelation of God and his word, not your own vision. Because without this, you will have no self-control. Without this, you won't be blessed. You won't be happy. Because you won't be able to keep his laws. You will keep the laws of the quote you saw online. You'll keep the laws of how to be self-love and how to do this and what the world says. And all the superficial values and customs of the world. But you won't keep the real deal. The law of God, the word of God, the revelation of God. To get the revelation of God is to be in his word, to know the character of God. There's many um, places in the Bible we can look at to understand the character of God, but I um, don't want to give you a specific place to go to, as I could, but I want you to read from Genesis to the end, start in Genesis. Because from, from the very first sentence, we see God, a revelation of God. We see his word, we understand who he is, and we that we have there's law, there's a law right there to keep. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, message translation tells us that if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So that means that God is constantly sorry, God is constantly revealing the vision and message for us. Because the moment you get, you open the Bible, I'm going to just put it practically for you because I'm a very practical person. I like to know how things look practically, not just to hear a message. So how God is constantly revealing the message and vision to us is the moment you open that Bible, you hit Genesis, you hit Proverbs, you hit Psalms, you hit um, Songs of Songs. God right there is revealing a vision and message for you. And right there you can see what God is doing. A lot of us only see what God is doing through Revelation, the end chapter. But we only see what... I want to use Revelation as a boldest example because we first look at the news. Oh, um, Israel's on fire. Or this is on fire. Or the mosque is burnt down. Oh, the, what, the Revelation tells us this is going to happen. And there we think God is revealing a message and a vision to us. We feel, we feel as though we can see what God is doing, what his plan is. But we're stumbling over ourselves in trying to reveal to ourselves something that's not even true. Because we're first seeking the news headline and then going to the word. No, God says seek first his word, seek first his kingdom, seek first, most importantly, his word, his kingdom. Seeking his kingdom and seeking his word because how else are you going to seek the kingdom if you don't seek the word? 
where else are you going to see how else can you seek the kingdom the only thing god has given us is his word he didn't provide us with a second bible or you know he didn't provide us with the commentary he didn't provide us with the sermons he provided us with the word and the word is what we use for training correction um and to preach the gospel and that's how people preach the gospel that's how people create sermons through seeking first the word and seeking first the kingdom most importantly and seeking his righteousness and if you can't see what god is doing you are stumbling over yourself and it also tells us that we must attend to what he reveals for we will be most blessed if you're not attending if you're not participating as a hebrew word um, gives us to in what god is doing and to what god is saying and doing and to his vision and message for us first and most importantly and his character to to also become righteous in our own selves and to become more and more like in the image of God then you are stumbling over yourself you're not blessed and you're not happy because you can't keep something you don't know you can't keep something you don't attend to if you don't attend your lessons in school you can't keep that knowledge you can't keep what you that expertise that thing you've learned if you've not even attending to what the teacher is revealing, you can't be happy or blessed if you've not attended to that. You um you you can't you can't be happy. You'd you'd probably go to your exam where the real test takes place and be unhappy and not be blessed because you've not attended to the message, to the vision that the teacher is revealing, just like God. And one may ask. Why did God ask us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness first and most importantly? Even in the face of adversity. Even in the face of our desire for the accumulation of wealth and prosperity. The fact remains that he is the creator of mankind and owns everything. And therefore, the whole duty of man is to fear him and keep his commandments as written in um, the Bible. I can't remember the Bible verse. He, um, where it tells us he deserves the right to ask us to seek first his kingdom because he knows what is best for us. And the only way a man can have good success is by obeying the commands or instructions of God. You can have success, but you can't have good success if you're not obeying the commands or instructions of God. I'm going to keep it real and I'm going to say that many celebrities, Doja Cat, Drake, all these people we're seeing, they have success, but they don't have good success. In fact, they have bad success. They, they have to fulfill the agendas and desires of the devil and the kingdom of darkness. Because they, they have to obey the commands and instructions of Satan, of the devil. Because he knows what people like them desire, which is fame, money, and power, and wealth. And so, in that, in doing that, they are, um, they are being blessed and manifesting um, with so much effort they have to put in the things that they desire in their lives. But if we look at how they are having to fulfill the, fulfill the agendas, they have to um, follow the LGBTQ, um, and they have to dress in a certain manner, they have to display the works of the devil on stage in their lives, be tormented and, you know, have sleep paralysis and all these different demonic factors invited into their lives. 
and it's only just a superficial show it's just something that's not real until you obtain it yourself it's not real or, or even nice until you have it yourself or you've been in it or you even understand it or have a revelation on it for yourself the only way a man can have good success is by obeying the commands or instructions of god as you obey and give him the first place in your life blessings will manifest effortlessly in your life what will happen if you refuse to obey him well there would be hindrance adversity temptation failure disgrace and all other evils happening god tells us he will give us cut he will curse us there'll be confusion and there'll be rebuke that will come to pass in our lives God will not condole, con, sorry, God will not console or compromise on sin. You need to seek the kingdom of God in every area of your life. You need to also speak his language. When you're seeking the kingdom, speak his language. I'm going to just give you a little tip on how to. Genesis 1 verse 1. This is what I told you. The moment you open a Bible, revelation is there. Vision is there. A word is there for us, but you have to attend to it. The word is not going to fly out to you. God gave you free will. And it tells us that in the beginning, the Amplified Version, God, Elohim, created by forming, by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, the creator, Elohim, formed from nothing the heavens, created he created the heavens and the earth by forming from nothing. There's emphasis on that. He created something. He created it. But he didn't wait for something to be formed to now create the heavens. No, he created from nothing. He formed from nothing the heavens and the earth. And as God's representatives, as his children, as partakers in his glory and in his kingdom, as his ambassadors on, on earth, we have that same dominion and power that he tells us later on that he gave us on earth to speak his word just the same as he did and does boldly with authority, with dominion and with power to change every circumstance in our life, everything in our life and everything in our character, our minds, our bodies, our souls and every circumstance in our lives. That we can form from nothing, we can create by forming from nothing his promises in our lives. So, for example, God's word tells us, um, I'm going to just get a good example. Um, so, you will walk in the way of good men. Uh, no, I need a better example than that. Sorry, excuse me. I hate to pause in videos, but I do really just want to help you guys to understand this. So, bless uh So, yeah, God's word says here, for example, um, let's just get a good example. Just a second. Yeah. So let's do Deuteronomy, um, okay, so God's word tells us, um, so, um, in Philippi, 
Philippians, sorry, um, chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, believers, whatever is true, what is honourable and worthy of, of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, um, what, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything of worthy praise, think continually on these things. Send your mind on them and implant them in your heart. So what we say is, just like God, we would use our mouth to say, let there be, or I decree and I declare that I will focus on what is honourable and worthy and of respect. And I will focus on, I, I will only allow anything to enter my mind and my heart that is confirmed by your word, God. I will think continuously on the things, God, confirmed by your word, on the things that bring peace, on the things that, on the things that are of good repute and that's admirable. I will allow my mind to be centered on this and implant them in my heart. And I'll make this a, a daily life practice with you, God, being my source of peace and well-being with me. Because um, it goes further to mention those things. That is how we would pray with authority. We would, we would speak it before it's even happened to allow it to be created by forming, by speaking from nothing to um, create um, a life where our, where our minds are centered on the word of God and implanted and it's implanted in our hearts, even though it might not even exist. That's the best way to pray. Pray for something that doesn't even exist is the best way to pray as well. So I really hope this helped um, those of you listening and that have stayed to listen this far. I just wanted to also just mention this in Psalms 1 um, verses 2 to 4. It tells us that, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his, on his law, his precepts and teachings, he, hab- he like hab- makes it a habit to meditate day and night. And he'll be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruits in season and its leaves do not wither. And whatever he does, he he prospers and comes to maturity. So God wants our seed to become come to a place of maturity. When a seed comes to a place of maturity, it has prospered. But the only way this can happen is by delighting in the law of the Lord. Because it's not enough to just read God's word. We can passively read the word. God knows us in our nature. But to delight in reading his word is to have great pleasure in reading his word. Is to feel excited in reading his word. Is to feel satisfaction in reading his word. It's an entrance, in fact. Delight is an entrance. A synonym for delight is entrance. It's an opening a passage that allows us access to another dimension in our lives. It's a, it, it diverts us. Another synonym is to divert. It will d- divert us. It will entertain or amuse us. To be diverted means that that thing is entertaining you. It's amusing you. you you've diverted everything in you to this place of entertainment or amusement. If your entertainment and your amusement is in TikTok then you, can, you cannot experience the, the fullness of God's words, the great pleasure of his words. We have to have delight in his words because if you delight in his word, if you're entertained and amused by his word, you will want to keep going back for more and going back for more of his law. If you're meditating daily and nightly and it's a habit, 
you will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by the streams of water. Your seed will your seed will go from your seed will go from being an immature seed to being a tree. To being a firm planted tree. Being fed by the streams of water. So you will no longer have to put in the effort of not that you will have to, but you will no longer have to toil to find water, to keep watering and watering when it's already matured. Because God will God will sit you firmly by the streams, by that place where it will forever be watered, where you'll forever keep coming back for more, where it will forever keep on growing and nothing can stop it from growing. Where you will enter into a season where you will yield the fruits of your labor in the right season. So I hope this helps. And I hope all those of you listening have um, found this helpful and you've enjoyed this word. Thank you so much for listening. If you have listened to the end, please subscribe like and follow and share to somebody that you know would need this word even right now in this hour and even if it's not in this hour that you know might need to hear this message from God. Thank you.